handoff to Jonathan oh. Taylor. Hughes hole. He's at the 30. He's going to go. 10, 5, touchdown. Jonathan Taylor made a man miss the line of scrimmage and then runs it into Pater. And a one-handed INT. Are you kidding me? Kenny Moore. What a play by Naheem Hines. What is going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Bring the Juice Colts podcast. Cody Felger here, Mr. Stephen Burton from the No Horsing Around Colts podcast here with me as well. Stephen, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. It's always fun to jump in here with you. It is, man. And what better topic than looking at probably the most interesting position on this team, just all the players consider there's a lot of different players, defensive line, man. I mean, it's crazy to look at this position group and just look at the sheer talent that the, that the Colts have acquired via free agency, via trades, via the draft. There's so much that the Colts have done, especially over the last couple of years, to really revamp this unit. And I'm really excited to, to kind of jump in and look at this unit. You know, a combination of proven guys, a combination of that, and also some unproven you know, whether they're rookie, second, third year players, some guys who have a lot of high ceilings, we feel like. And so it's going to be a lot of fun, man, looking at this group. Let's start here, Stephen, by we'll start at the defensive ends because there's a lot to talk about at defensive end. I'll just start naming a couple guys here, man, because there's going to be a lot of competition, especially at one defensive end spot. You know, there's guys like Taekwon Lewis. There's guys like Kamoko Ture. There's guys like Al-Kadi Muhammad, who the Colts brought back. Guys like Ben Banigou, guys like Isaac Rochelle, who they signed in the offseason. There's going to be a lot of guys potentially vying for one of these defensive end spots. Uh, what is your overall thoughts on this defensive end group, and especially, obviously, Quiddy Pay, who the Colts drafted in the first round this year? What are your thoughts overall on this unit? Because there's a lot of talent here and a lot of unique skill sets in this defensive end room. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. It seems to be a lot of there, – there's a lot of – unproven talent too talent that we believe in as fans that you think Ballard believes in uh, I'm really high on Kamoko Toure mm-hmm. because he wasn't healthy last year he was never really fully healthy uh, I'm interested to see how he plays this upcoming season you know and obviously what you brought up too with, with Quiddy Quiddy's kind of it seems from all signs that that I've seen that I know you've seen too that he's pretty much locked down one of the positions so mm-hmm. it's who's going to be at the other one Right. Uh, I mean, it's it's funny you bring up Ben Banigou. That seems to be like the dirty word now a little <laughs> bit in, in Colts Twitter and in Colts just fandom. Uh, my co-host, Zach, has actually gone out on, on the limb and said he does not think he will be on the team hmm. when the ball kicks off for the regular season. Uh, it was super interesting for me. You know, Zach Kiefer did, when he had his media availability, Banigou was extremely defensive too on his play from last year not really looking to improve because a lot of people were trying to make that connection with, with Taekwon. But Taekwon was very – he owned all his mistakes the previous year and wanted to grow from them. Right. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's really deep. It's funny when you talk to non-Colts fans, there's a lot of unknown. They don't know who these players are. They know who Quiddy Pay is. That's about it. They mm-hmm. don't know who these other players are, uh, which is funny to me. Living in Tennessee – for the last several years, all I, I, you know, you heard a ton about uh, no one knew who Danico Autry was, you know, mm-hmm. and then he signs with the Titans. It's like, oh, he was, he's amazing. 
but no one knew who he was when he was with the Colts and no one thought that he was any good right. outside of the Colts organization. So I feel like it's the same. There's a, there's a lot of unproven talent that's sitting there and it's really going to be interesting to see how they, how do they, how they organize snap counts, who, mm-hmm. how much playing time are you going to get? Uh, I mean, they're going to give Quiddy every opportunity to, to lock down the spot that he's in. And then you've got the other one. How much are you going to be rotating out these players? Who's going to develop? Who's going to make the jump? I mean, we've said it on 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 our show that between Ben Banigou and Kamoko Ture, they're they're two of the the main people who are kind of put up or shut up this season. And so mm-hmm. you really have to see. You really have to hope that they develop. If they develop, man, I mean, just another another notch on the board for for Ballard with his ability to pick these players. And it almost seems too that this season more than any that Ballard's betting on that. He didn't mm-hmm. really go out and sign any players like everyone wanted. And it was almost seemed like he was saying, no, I want my young guys to play, put them in and let's see what they can do. Right. Uh, so, I mean, it's, I'm really interested to see, like I said, I'm, I'm really high on Kamoko Ture because I've seen him flash. We're not that, uh, you know, on our show, we're not that high on Ben Banigou because I've not seen it at all, and it doesn't seem like I've seen a desire. So, I mean, that's that's kind of where I sit. It's kind of long-winded, um, but there's a lot of players to cover. There are so many players to cover. You're right. Um, I kind of take the – going back to the Ben Banigou comment just for a minute here, um, I kind of took it as just like he's putting it behind him and going towards – but I see how people look at it, how it comes across for sure. But I'm excited because I feel like he's just put his head down – he hasn't really said a whole lot, and he's just really uh, been working from what all, all what it seems like. So obviously, it'll it'll tell this season if he kind of responds like a Taekwon Lewis did this last season when we said, "Is he going to make the roster?" And he goes and has a phenomenal training camp. We don't know right now, but um, I definitely think it's a possibility. And we know the talents there. I mean, even a couple of years yeah. ago, I know he hasn't flashed as much as say a Torrey has. But you look even a couple years ago, that Denver game, Ben Banigou comes off the edge, strip sacks, Joe Flacco, Colts win the game. So he's had a few moments, not as many as Ture, but he's had a few moments where you're like, okay, I see why the Colts took him that early that they did. But, man, the Colts have invested so much into this defensive end room in terms of – really in terms of draft capital. I mean, you look at all the fir- – now Quiddy Pay first-round pick, all the second-round picks the Colts have invested in. There's a lot of high-end investment in this defensive end room, um, which I think is interesting because the talent is there unquestionably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's kind of funny that you say that too because it's it's seen it's like the uh, looking in the mirror a little bit with it. You know, it's mm-hmm. the the D end room on that side of the ball is exactly the same as the wide receiver room on the other side of the ball. We've invested a lot of capital, a lot of draft picks, a lot of those second-round picks, not really first like with this one, but they've invested a ton of time. Uh, it, it's interesting when you were talking with, with Ben Banigou too is that they they do seem high on him. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Cody, but did I feel as if didn't Ballard even talk about just he was just, just freak athlete that they even considered putting that linebacker at one point yes. just to get him on the field. So, I mean – I would I, I I love Zach. Uh, we we butted heads on the take that he had about it. I wasn't sure because Ballard Ballard's once he's done with the player, once he knows that that player is not going to contribute, he's not afraid to cut bait. Yeah, I, I think he wants to give him. There's several players on the team. I think he wants to give them all 
one more chance to see what they can do. And he's still really young. So, I mean, just imagine if him and Kamoko and Taekwon improves. I mean, it's going to be a scary line. Mm -hmm. And the crazy thing is you really need only one of those guys to just flash, you know, and really consistently flash and be a stud. And if you have that, I mean, we already talked about Quiddy Pay and how we feel like he's he's going to be a really good player. But if you have one of these other guys who hasn't lived up to that potential yet, if they flash, I mean, this defensive end room could quickly go from a glaring weakness to a big strength. And that's for sure. And, you know, and it's interesting because I, I thought about that, you know, especially when the Colts drafted Dio Adengbo, right, in that second mm-hmm. round. And all, all speculation was not going to be ready for the regular season, may not even be ready for the 2020 season or 2021 season, excuse me. But, you know, it's a future investment. And I think it's great because you're good either way, I feel like. Like if, say, one of those guys or multiple of those guys flash this year and they turn out to be really like they turn out to be studs basically, uh, good, you're great. You're set at defensive end for a long time. Um, you don't have to worry about it. Dio can play basically anywhere, but – you know, if, if none of these guys live up to that potential, I mean, you got Dio waiting in the wings, man, maybe even later on this season, potentially to come and steal the other defensive end spot. So it's very interesting to me um, that the Colts elected to go that route to kind of stop, you know, stop going from potential to actually making it reality, right? With yeah. how good they they want their defensive ends to be. Yeah, and, and everything I've heard, you know, talking specifically about Dio is, you know, we were we had George Brimmer on a few weeks ago, and he was like, "Man, he's the largest human being I've seen in like a long time." He was like, "He's just massive," and they love him, like they love him. And I'm really interested to see kind of the correlation between when he comes back and when Fisher comes back because they both tore their Achilles on the same exact day. So, what mm-hmm. does that look like? Uh, we've kind of I've kind of felt all along that I think Dio misses about half the season, maybe eight eight to ten games somewhere around there mm-hmm. um but man i mean if you're right if you have if kamoko pops or banagu pops and then you integrate the other one i mean the defense is already really scary and really good and you add a cut you add a pass rusher to it oh my god like you don't know what teams won't know what to defend you've got buckner in the middle you know what do you do with him? He's an all pro. And now you finally have some people coming off the edge. I mean, it's it's going to be a scary thing. And it just helps the entire team. It helps kind of what I think is probably the weakest spot, which is the corners. It'll help that. So, I mean, it's it's really interesting. It's going to be a really interesting thing to see. And as you know, me and you were talking off air a little bit about training camp, as we get closer to that, you know, what is that going to look? This is going to be like a huge battle for this other end position, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch and see who kind of comes out of it. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be honestly, probably the biggest thing to watch in training camp. That's for sure. Who takes it, who finally emerges and just takes it. It does anybody do that. You know, it's like, it's going to be so interesting to watch the other defensive end position. Cause there's so many guys vying for it. And there's so much talent that you invested into that. Like I mentioned, and I feel like the guy right now that, I mean, if you ask me right now, who you, who do I think is going to take it? I think a guy like Tyquan Lewis has a really good chance to do that. You know, he's, he's not necessarily the type of pass rusher like, you know, say a uh, Kamoko Ture or even a Ben Banigou. He's not that type of rusher, but overall he's a very solid player, I feel like. I mean, he does a lot of things really well, and he had a very, very good 
2020 season. I mean, he even started some games for the Colts um, in 2020. So I think he's potentially a guy that can even take his game to another level at defensive end. I'm really excited to see kind of what he brings. Yeah, and I mean, it's a great point, too. He's he's steady. You can rely on him. He's He's trustworthy, and he knows his job. So I think that's a great point you make, too. I think I could very easily see him coming out of training camp as the starter at the beginning of the year. And then, you know, as players develop, as some of these players get better, maybe they do pass him and they get in the position. But, I mean, I'd be perfectly fine with him playing. As long as he's playing at the level he played last year, not two years ago. Right. As long as he continues to kind of come along, I'm good with that. You know, I don't want to bet on – unknown potential probably right away depending on how they look in camp i mean we all know that there's always you know a couple of handful of players who just are ridiculous in camp paris campbell comes to mind for like the last two camps but they got to translate it to the field so i'm i'm okay with that i could really see him coming out of it just because he ballard likes to he's got to trust the player he's got to trust that you know what you're supposed to do and right now, the other players haven't shown that, and Lewis definitely has. Yes, and I think even like you know, if Taekwon Lewis is your starter, say, and then on third down, you you bring in a Kaboko Turi or a Banigu or whoever is your pass rush specialist. I mean, there's so much you can do. And the good thing with how deep this defensive end and really defensive line group is, you can play in waves, and that's what the Colts want to do. Is they want to come at you in waves, right? They want to have you know a group of four and then another group of four to, to come and attack you. And the drop-off's not really that, really that significant. And your offensive line's going to get exhausted if they continue to rotate fresh bodies in there. Mm-hmm. I think that's something the Colts are wanting to do. And I think now with how much they've, you know, specifically the guys they've retained and the other guys they brought in, they have a really solid group from a depth standpoint. Yeah, when you look at... D-line for me, like I feel like that's Ballard. D-line and O-line, and I know you guys covered the O-line last time, mm-hmm. but they seem to be that's his specialty. And he takes something from every Super Bowl that, they're, that the Colts aren't in, and he sees what they need to add to be able to win. And then you look inside the division, and I think, you know, obviously as much as it pains everyone to say this, you know, the, the Titans are the team of the division to beat. They've, they've won it last year. They're the team to beat. And you're going to have to have a D-line that can be fresh, that Mm -hmm. you can rotate because they're going to – I mean, yeah, they have Julio. Yeah, they have A.J. Brown. But, you know, we talked about it on mine. You go with kind of the the one who brought you, and they're going to pound you with Derrick Henry, and you got to be fresh. Mm -hmm. you got to be able to take that into the fourth quarter, especially if it's a close game. And you've got to be able to kind of rotate that in. And if these guys hit or if they somewhat hit or, like you said – I, I do. I, re- I do really like the idea of Kamoko coming in on third down and just Dwight Freeney ass pin the ears back and just go, dude. Like, don't, yeah. don't worry about anything else. Just go get him. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I know he spends, I feel bad for him too, honestly, because I know he works hard. You see it all the time. He's there with Mathis all the time. He's at the academy with him, you know, learning the pass rushing skills and he's working hard. I think the injury two years ago was way worse than anybody ever thought. And he's not technically healthy right now. You know, he, he didn't really get to participate much because he's still kind of coming back from the surgery to kind of correct it, which is scary. Um, but no, I'm with you. I mean, the, the waves, like I, I love that, you know, you're always fresh. And when you look at the teams that you have to beat to, to get where you want to go, 
you're going to have to be fresh on defense. You're going to have to handle a Derrick Henry. You know, the Texans are without Deshaun Watson, presumably. <laughs> uh, yeah. And they're going to be running the ball. You know, the, the Jaguars are going to be breaking in a brand-new quarterback. They're going to look to run the ball. They've got a great running back there, too. So you've got to be able to stay fresh and take that pounding and be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then even the interior defensive line, we already know who the two starters are going to be. There's no question there of Buckner and Stewart. I would argue two of the best players at their position and what they do, they're right up there with the best in the league. And um, I think the biggest question mark right now is probably that backup three technique, right? Danico Autry played a little bit of that last year, but Mm -hmm. now you got to wonder, okay, who's going to be that backup three technique uh, when DeForest Buckner goes down or, you know, obviously you hope that doesn't happen, but you know, when he needs a break or when something crazy happens and he's out, he's quarantined or whatever it is, you know, you need to have insurance there for DeForest Buckner. Kind of similar. It's interesting. You talked about corner earlier. Kind of what the Colts did a little bit when they signed TJ Carey a season mm-hmm. ago, right? They got Kenny Moore insurance in a way. And obviously, TJ Carey turned out to be a lot better than anybody anticipated. But you need insurance for when your starters go out, right? And yeah. the Colts have a few guys that I think can back up Grover Stewart very well and Taylor Stallworth and Antoine Woods. You know, we'll see. It'll be another interesting battle to see who wins out that spot. But the three technique backup is the biggest question mark for me right now. Um, there's a lot of guys like that can play that three technique, but who can play it well, I think is going to be the biggest question. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. I think you've got people who can plug in. They're not, you know, I'm sorry. They're, they're not Buckner. <laughs> they're not Grover. There's a reason why they're not starting over those two. Buckner's an all-pro defensive tackle. Like he's just he's probably, you know, I think Zach said it on ours. If you did not have Aaron Donald, he would be considered the best defensive tackle in the NFL. Yeah, hands down. Jones, man. Yeah, no, right no there. issue. None. He would be that. So you're not going to replace that. Like, so uh, the interesting thing that I think is with going back to Dio with this is at Vanderbilt, you know, living in Tennessee, I got to watch Dio play hmm. and they really, he moved all over the line between D end and D tackle. And I think that that's an interesting thing, you know, not, not for this year, obviously, cause he's rehabbing, but is that something they're looking at? You know, do they look at where they're just going to, he's going to be like, you know, this is throwing it way back, but like Howie long back in the day, you know, hmm. The Raiders moved him everywhere on the line wherever he was needed. Yes, where he could play. So, yeah. I mean, it, it's going to be interesting. God willing, <laughs> uh, it's different than last year that we don't sit down. The funniest thing for me is living in Tennessee, like, like I've said, is that Tennessee fans openly acknowledge that the main reason they won the second game was Buckner didn't play, that yeah. he, he wasn't, he didn't play. And so they recognize how good he is. Now he's caught a little bit of of misquote heat from from them because of the comment that he's excited to play against the Titans. And I think a lot of people took that as a shot to the Titans. It's more of he's excited about the talent that he's going to play against. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you hope it, it's kind of like if Jacoby were to come in at quarterback back in the day and he's got to play four games. You just kind of hope you go two and two. You know, you want someone who can plug in there. They're never going to be as good as Buckner is. Um, you just hope they can keep it above water. Yeah, and that's the biggest question. And and obviously when Dio comes back, you presume if he's as good as everybody thinks he's going to be, he's going to be unquestionably that backup three technique, and then mm-hmm. you'll feel a lot better about it. So it's kind of just getting by until he's healthy, right? Um, and I think 
But I think there's guys that are capable. I just don't know how great they'll be. I just don't know how, how high their ceiling will be at that three technique. Maybe a guy like Isaac Rochelle maybe fills that role a little bit. He's drawn a lot of comparisons to Danico Autry, right? A lot of people have said, looked mm-hmm. at the stats and said, hey, I mean, I mean, before they came to Indianapolis, they had very similar stats. And um, so I don't know how much, you know, weight you put into that, I guess, but um, it is interesting to think maybe he's a guy that can slide into that backup three technique and, and give you some solid minutes there. That would be interesting um, as well, but there's a lot of guys that can fill that role. It's just like who can fill it well. So it'll be interesting to see, but overall, man, this is a really, really uh, interesting unit. Um, there's a lot of potential, some unknown, but I mean, I feel like we think they're trending in the right direction right now, which is always good. Ballard definitely identified the biggest weakness on this defense mm-hmm. and on this team, really. I mean, we we had that debate so many times, and I know you guys did as well, like left tackle, defensive end, which one is more important? Obviously, Ballard felt like defensive end was so much more important because he drafted not one but two defensive ends in the mm-hmm. first two rounds. Um, obviously, he figured out left tackle, but, I mean – it just goes to show that that Ballard's the type of GM that he just wants to win so bad. He's not about the pride. He's not about cutting the second round pick or whatever. I mean, heck, he cut Zach Banner before, uh, really before training camp, right? He cut yeah. him before the season. Um, the fourth round pick, he didn't even give him a chance to see him in an NFL game. I mean, this guy's willing to to admit his mistakes and move on, man. And I think you got to love that from a from a fan standpoint. Like we all know, he's not going to be perfect, but he's going to try his best to give the team the best edge to win. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be like you said. I mean, I, I remember watching the draft, and it was kind of like this shock they went they double dipped on on the two players. Mm-hmm. But it was like, man, I remember talking to Zach again right after it and going, man, he, he's got a plan for left tackle. Obviously, he's not. He gets paid a lot of money, and he's really, really good. I've said it repeatedly, if not top two, top three uh, GM in the entire NFL, in my opinion. Yeah. But he he's banking on it. And like you said, he definitely he found the weakness, and he's looking to improve it. He's, he's yep. doing everything he can to because the defense itself is was probably going out of last year was a pass rusher and maybe a corner. I mean, Xavier played really, really well away from being an elite level defense and you have all the pieces coming back. You've added some new ones. You have Eberflus at least for one more year. You know, you, you got to kind of make this go and what better way. I mean, it's kind of funny just because it's the complete opposite as Colts fan of what you're used to seeing. You're not used to these dominant D lines and winning games because of the defense. (laughs) But when Ballard came in, like I still remember him saying, that you guys are obsessed with these skill positions. I'm obsessed with the trenches. Mm-hmm. And he definitely proved it. He definitely proved it this offseason by just really hammering down. And I think one of the most interesting things, I mean, I, and I hate to keep going back to Dio and, and Quiddy, but is the fact that there was a debate if Dio was healthy that he was going to get picked at 21. Yeah, And I, I can remember doing shows with you and talking with you, and a lot of stuff was, well, we, we would love Quiddy. But there's no way he's there. I mean, it would have been interesting if he hadn't been, would they have pulled the trigger? And then you heard the rumors, obviously, too, that there was a team like right behind them ready to take Dio. So it wasn't this big reach. Mm -hmm. But I mean, he knows what he's doing. He's loading up. You know, he's big on take the most shots at the board you possibly can because something's going to stick. And God willing, it's Quiddy. (laughs) And we Mm -hmm. get that second coming of Robert Mathis or Dwight Freeney. and just take the defense to an otherworldly level. Yep. 
And it starts with the defense, like with that line, man. That's what it starts with. That's how your defense goes from a pretty good defense to a great defense. If you mm-hmm. can rush four and you can get home, man, that'll make all the difference in the world for everybody on your defense. The linebackers, the corners, the safeties, everybody will benefit if you can get to the quarterback. Yeah. All righty, that'll do it for this one, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Let us know your thoughts on this defensive line. A very interesting group. Let us know who you guys think potentially will be the guy to take that other defensive end position. Presumably, Quiddy Pay takes the other one. But let us know in the comments below, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you, Stephen, for coming on. And as always, guys, go Colts.